From New Orleans, Louisiana, it's Empirical's PowerTech Podcast. This is the place where we talk about bringing technology to the power industry. Our goal is to educate you on the most popular trends, bring you actionable strategies from industry thought leaders, and help you make sure your utility is prepared for the future. I'm your host, Matthew Sachs, president of Empirical, former utility engineer and power industry advocate. Take a moment to think of all the aspects of the grid that are currently microprocessor driven. Not only relays and RTUs in a control house or SCADA center, but also pole top reclosers, battery banks, transformer monitors, microgrid controllers, and of course, the familiar smart meter. The list goes on and is ever growing. Where there are microprocessors, there is computer code controlling them. And so the power grid is steadily becoming an ideal place to stake a career in software engineering. The power industry will no doubt demand an increase of software engineers in its workforce as the grid continues its transformation to the smart grid. For those willing to join the constant endeavor to keep the power flowing, many rewarding and challenging computing problems await. Luke Bear is a cyber engineer at Cyberical and a certified ethical hacker. He earned his BS in cyber engineering from Louisiana Tech University and is currently enrolled in Georgia Tech's cybersecurity master's program focused on energy delivery systems. Luke also serves as the IEEE New Orleans Computer Society chapter chair. Luke, welcome to the show. Hey, Matthew. Glad to be on the pod. You know, in these times, software engineers seem to be in high demand among various different industries. I mean, almost every industry now with, with AI and the explosion and all this technology. Why should software engineers choose the power industry over other choices? So to me, the power industry is such an intersection of so many different engineering disciplines. I mean, think of the mechanical engineers, the chemical engineers, even the nuclear engineers and the generation plants, um, civil engineers, um, construction, the transmission lines, and of course, the electrical engineers that are crucial to the, to the whole of it, right? So with the digitization of the grid, it feels like software engineers are now invited to this party. Um, so being amongst all these other different disciplines of engineering, it's, it creates a very rich environment for computer science problem solving. Um, at the end of nearly every software project, there's some problem to be solved, some goal to be attained. Um, you know, I think maybe to educate people, to do your taxes, to operate your car as it's driving down the street. Um, in the power industry, engineers, they work to provide quality, reliable power to as many people as possible. Um, and that's just about as noble of a mission that you can have as a software engineer, um, any engineer for that matter. Um, because for one thing, nearly every other mission that we have in this world, uh, at least in some part, depends on the reliable delivery of power. So, so altogether, you have the challenge, the mission, and the ve very talented and diverse peers around you to foster a well-balanced and rewarding uh, software engineering career. You know, that's a good point. We, we talk a lot about just the importance and the criticality of the grid and how many things rely on it. And when you don't have that power for, you know, a day or two, boy, life gets really primitive fast. And if anything, it's increasing because more and more things are being electrified uh, as, as we move into a new future. Of course, one of those things lately much attention is being given to the idea and the initiative of now this smart grid. What role would a software engineer play in the realization, this transformation to a smart grid? So the smart grid refers, of course, to many different technologies and ideas, but you know, it referred to nothing at all if it weren't for the microprocessors that's, that are running it. 
So since the smart grid is so microprocessor dependent, it must therefore also be very computer software and computer code dependent, and someone needs to write that software. But, you know, even aside from the devices controlling the flow of power, uh, computing professionals in general, computer scientists, programmers, data scientists, all have a role to play in making the use out of the contextual data that we get out of the grid as it's operating. So like just a few examples. Uh, the correlation of weather patterns and the interruption of power delivery, um, the analysis of cyber events that are constantly happening within and between substations, modeling the effects of faulty equipment and down power lines on the surrounding grid. You know, these are all very, very challenging problems whose solutions all have real-life effects on people's lives. And uh, the more smart devices make it out to substations and the grid edge, the more opportunity there's going to be to use the data that they produce to solve problems just like these. You know, I'm not a digital native, but I was fortunate enough during my career, you know, to see that transformation within the industry from kind of an analog or electromechanical world to a much more digital one. But even when this was occurring uh, decades ago, I'm not sure I would have thought it's going to get down to where software engineers are now uh, in very high demand. Right. The, the code that was written for, you know, for the digital relay, uh, driven by necessity, you know, code mm-hmm. having to be written for that. Now there's opportunity, true opportunity as those relays collect data, feed them up to a SCADA center. Now, the, now we have a bunch of historical data, you know, metering data, um, even even weather patterns to to analyze and then correlate with what's going on in the grid. You know, storm restoration. Um, whenever there's a storm, um, what parts of the transmission lines get damaged, and how does the rest of the grid react to that? We have enough data now to, I think, um, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to you know, pontificate about how much data we have. But I think that there's I think that there's opportunity for us to work with the data that's produced by these devices to solve some of these problems analytically with software. Interesting. So it's not just, you know, creating the function like you're saying, it's actually starting to get much more intelligence around and, and the knowledge power that comes with really being able to interpret that data. Right. And tie it back to how to improve, you know, the operation of the grid. Okay, so let's say that an individual knows how to code and even knows how to build robust, full-stack software applications. Is there additional knowledge that you think a a software engineer must have to be able to work in the power industry? I think the answer here depends on what kind of systems he'll be writing code for. Um, Surely electrical utilities and engineering firms, they have the same kind of logistical problems as any other business vertical um, and a software engineering team with little or no knowledge of the workings of the electric grid would likely be very valuable in streamlining processes, for example, in engineering design, project management, and many other areas. But really, that, that's to say that I don't think that there's any reason for someone to be deterred from joining some software engineering team at a utility or power engineering firm um, just because they don't have, like, say, a civil engineering degree or a mechanical engineering degree. Uh, no, no reason to shy away from the from the industry for that reason. Um, however, ed- education or experience in some of those engineering fields, I think, would prove very valuable to someone who wants to write code for the systems that control the grid, uh, or or for code that analyzes the design of a of a power substation, for example. There exist some university programs that blend computer science, basic engineering problem solving and a sampling of the core engineering disciplines into a single program. Uh, Louisiana Tech has one such program, and I'm biased because I graduated from there um, in that very program. Um, But I really do think that it provides a well-rounded education for someone who really wants to enter this field and then tackle some of the problems that we're mentioning here in this podcast. Um, 
I don't think it's a requirement per se, but that kind of exposure really helps uh, if you can get it. So, but, but in any case, working on software in the power industry is going to quickly acquaint you with the many brilliant and passionate engineers uh, who work in it and all the different disciplines. It's a diverse and deep field to, to write code in, but I've found that people who work in the software industry are willing and glad to fill my own knowledge gaps when asked so that we can collaboratively engineer software solutions that solve big problems. Certainly, I think we've seen it as we have started to add more of these software engineers here. I know you've got a, a young engineer that joined you not too long ago, and I think she came from a background more in a mapping type uh, uh, situation and not something we we thought would help. And then other software we had created, you know, needed that expertise. Or you mentioned nuclear engineers before, and I know, you know, another one came from the nuclear industry, but it was, you know, working with the the operations and, and simulating tests and everything else. And so you think about how all that can, you know, start to find other applications or, you know, the use of a LIDAR tool or something else to, to bring it to automate design processes, whatever it is, you're right. All that starts with a software application, right? And figuring out, you know, how is that end user going to use data uh, in the context, in this case, of a power system. And you're right. There's plenty around here that can, you know, support filling those gaps in experience uh, that that make it run in, in the final analysis. Yes, for sure. I mean, uh people bringing in that previous expertise and, and various engineering disciplines into a software project is really, really valuable. Um, you know, you, you kind of see what the end user is going to be doing with the app that you're building. Let's say that it's an app or something. You, you, you know somewhat how they're going to use it and what they're going to be looking for out of the tool and what problems they might come across. Really, really valuable and working in, say, like a full-stack software solution to, to improve engineering design processes. And as you well know, what we've already seen, you, you push these applications out there, and guess what? The market starts to tell you, oh, I'd like to use it for this. <laughs> you know, right. the thoughts kind of slightly parallel or even different than what was originally intended for the software, but yet another use case, and, and then it can kind of morph into, you know, maybe even a greater tool or with more widespread application even. Right. Well, you know, this is a pretty interesting uh very different day. And if you didn't believe us before, you know, here's another perfect example of it, right? Not only what is being designed for the grid or how it's being used or what powers it, uh, but now the management of that data and the types of individuals with the education and experience that's markedly different than uh, what a lot of us are the engineers you referenced in the beginning, you know, kind of grew up with in and around the industry. So really want to thank you for that perspective. That was very enlightening. And uh, I think hopefully educational and informative to, to everybody listening. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for being on the show. Demand for applications, management of data, and automated routines is growing exponentially across many industries, and the power grid is no exception. In fact, it seems changes are coming to the grid faster and faster every day. While challenging, this also presents a new set of opportunities for those with software skills and experience. Whether an individual has a background in power systems or not, a career can be found that improves our collective ability to transition to a smarter grid. Well, that about wraps up this edition of the PowerTech Podcast. If you haven't yet, please log in to wherever you've subscribed to the podcast and both rate this show and leave a comment, as that really helps new subscribers in the power industry to find us. Also, for more free insights on bringing technology to the power industry, make sure to visit Empirical.com. We post free white papers, articles, and all of our previous podcasts there. Plus, you can register for a free 3D strategy planning session call 
with one of our 3D planning specialists. Again, you can do all of that and much more at Empirical.com. Please stay tuned and join us for the next episode of the PowerTech Podcast. And until next time, keep engineering powerful solutions.